If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 436, week two of the Work From Home edition. We're joining you from our homes. Ryan McCaffrey and all around me in the Hollywood Squares, we've got Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Destin Legary. Hey, everybody. And Brandon Tyrell. Bam. Yeah, well, nice. You stole the thunder. <laughs> wow. I, like I mean, when you see I an like opportunity, that. you got to take yeah. it, right? Yeah, that's that's a slam dunk right there. He, he passed right. up. He, I'm done. Destin passed the show. ball. <laughs> yeah, he, Destin gets a dime on that one, gets the assist. So, yeah, that. coming up this week here, we've got uh, – I had a developer, reach, software developer reach out to me to give kind of a little more clarity on the Series X's power relative to the PS5. thought that would be an interesting discussion. Uh, plus, this week, we've got – Konami denying a Silent Hill rumor. We've got GameStop uh, making news and, and trending in the U.S. last week for pretty much all the wrong reasons, as well as if we get to it, a little update on Cyberpunk 2077. And But I wanted to start with Miranda because Bleeding Edge is out this week. I want—I mean, it's, we have to stop. This, we've gone how long, guys, between... Between first-party releases, and now here we go, Ori and uh, Bleeding Edge, right back to back. So, Miranda, you've spent the most amount of time with this game so far. You're not reviewing it, I believe, but I am curious to hear what you what you think of it based on what you've played so far. So, yeah, I am not reviewing it, but I have played a lot um, at preview events and such, and I'm actually very excited to download the full game uh, now that it's out. Uh, so Bleeding Edge is really interesting in that it kind of at face value looks a little like Overwatch, but it is not at all. Um, it does have that hero aspect of it, but because there's melee involved so heavily, it really changes how you engage with the game. Um, it definitely takes a lot of inspiration from MMOs and specifically MOBAs, which is what really drew me to it. Yeah. Um, I really like the characters and the designs for their kits. Um, some of them actually get pretty complex one of the ones that I got to write about, um, which is up on the site, by the way, if you want to check it out, was about this dolphin named Mecco, who's a dolphin. <laughs> That's so good. It's a tank, ranged tank character. Uh, and he was a little bit more complex to use. And it's very cool to see some sort of abilities and like skills in there that offer depth. And it's not just 
when do you throw down your ults? Or like, how do you use this in sync with another hero? It's like a lot more complex than that. So I hope you guys have a lot of fun figuring those out with your friends. And I would highly recommend like jumping in with some friends and like figuring out. Some things do take a while to like get a hang of. Um, movement's really important as is evasion. So you want to just like keep moving in really smart ways and kind of keep track of your stamina too because you can only evade so many times in a row before it has to recharge. Uh, so there's stuff like that that make it really engaging. And I think I'll have a lot of fun with it once I get it downloaded tonight. I think tonight. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, you mentioned Game Pass. I mean, that's definitely, I think that's probably going to be the primary way people interface with this game. This, you know, it's a little bit of a, it, this is sort of, I think, a glimpse into the future of Xbox Game Studios and that we're going to see everything from the, you know, and not everything's going to be the triple, super triple A, Halo Infinite, Gears of War type stuff. This is kind of at the other end of the spectrum. This was a, for all intents and purposes, I, I mean this respectfully, kind of a side project from Hellblade 2 uh, at the at, at Ninja Theory. And that was announced, what, nine months ago? And now here it is, after a, an early access period, it's out with, I think, fairly little fanfare thus far. But it's it seems like it's fun. It's, it's one of those things where I think they're probably anticipating it having... Maybe not you know a, hu a huge peak of of users, but maybe sort of just a, a steady long tail of just a, a a small but but faithful community to this, from what I can gather. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like Ninja Theory is really trying to make it clear that they are listening to their community. Like there are different things that they've added in since they've started having those closed betas to make it a little bit more engaging for the fans that are playing or like kind of responding to things that they think are overpowered or not. And it's really cool to see them interface with all these fans and also figure out how to run a multiplayer game because this is ninja theory's first online game like this um really? and so yeah they're saying it's like we haven't made a big online multiplayer game before that has like a meta and has something to keep updating and running all these servers and making sure that everyone's connecting the right way um so it's very cool to see them kind of figure this out for themselves uh, and so far i believe there are no microtransactions everything can be unlocked in game nice uh, so that's really great yeah, good stuff. Um, by the way, I have to apologize. This is going to happen about 38 more times. So the I've got the unlocked logo behind me, as Destin does, on my, my TV. But it has, I guess because it's an OLED, it's got a built-in screensaver where if it sits idle for, like, what, probably a minute, I think, it goes into this fireworks screensaver. And I went all through the menus, and I even I looked it up online. I went through the user manual, it cannot be disabled. I guess it's just trying to trying to uh, keep you from burning in your OLED. So uh, if the unlocked logo behind me just comes and goes, that's why over the course of the show for the next however many weeks. But anyway, it's, it's all right, Ryan. Like all we can see is on OCED. So <laughs> pass. Yeah. Line. Well, <laughs> you know, I had I had that feedback from elsewhere in the company too. But the problem is. <laughs> It's I've got a big window right here. I don't have cool lighting like I think Destin you do from your at home streaming. So yeah. I'm kind of just making do if I. It's just not going to work if I. Uh, and, and this is the best I've just, got. Basically, I'm just I'm just teasing <laughs> I'm making do at this situation. But um, in any case, so yeah, Bleeding Edge this week. Coming up next from Xbox Game Studios because. They're, they're, they've got games now. Hi, Penny. There's Penny if you're watching on video. Uh, you've got Minecraft Dungeons in April with another Miranda joint that she is she's fond of. 
But maybe this was a, I mean, this was bound to happen. We've seen a few developers post like, hey, we're all working from home, but work on, on our game is going, is continuing and we're on schedule. Uh, the, in, in a you know, refreshing bit of honesty, not that anybody else is not being honest, but I like the honesty here by the Minecraft Dungeons team. They posted an update this week that said, quote, as we're working from home to do our part in protecting our community, our workflows will unfortunately be impacted. We're working hard to deliver Minecraft Dungeons in April, but we're also reevaluating our timeline to make sure we bring you the best game possible. Stay tuned. So it seems like they're still trying to hit their release date, but very much opening the door to, hey, we might need a little more time here. Yeah, and I know that team is also very small, so I'm sure that they're trying to make sure that the workload for each member of their team is not too intense in the yeah. coming days, which is good. Or yeah, so. no doubt. And then, so that's soonish, if not April. And then elsewhere on the Xbox Game Studios side, uh, Brandon, I know you've been keeping an eye on Wasteland 3. That's due in May as well. So that's that's another yeah, one May around the corner. May 19th, I think, yeah. You're right, it kind of rapid fire. I mean, Ori into Bleeding Edge, into Minecraft Dungeons, into Wasteland. Whereas I'm thinking about last year, and I think we did Crackdown 3, right? Yep. Yeah. I would also like to mention, in April, uh, Gears Tactics is going to be out on PC on April 28th. So yes. not a console one, but PC players out yeah, there. It is. Yeah, it counts as a, as a first-party release for sure. That's uh, And remember, Rod, was it was it on here? I, I can never remember. I can't keep the timeline straight anymore. Twitter. He, he said it's coming it. to Xbox, right, before he had left. He, I believe he had said yes. that. Yeah, I believe... I believe in an interview, he said there was no timeline, but the idea was PC first and then Xbox at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose you know you could they could easily implement mouse and keyboard support on Xbox for that game, but you couldn't. Re- I doubt you could require that, and they'd have to figure out a way to gamepad ify it. Yeah, uh, and then still lurking out there, <laughs> who knows when? Because they definitely go at their own pace, but. You've got Studio MBHR and the Cuphead expansion, the Delicious Last Course. Oh, is right. Probably, I mean, maybe going to be a summer thing as for uh, for first party releases as well. So, a lot to look forward to between now and the Series X launch with Halo Infinite and what we very much assume to be Forza Motorsport Eight at the very least. Mm-hmm. Oh, and hey, Brandon, you somehow wiggled out of having to re-review Sea of Thieves, but we did it. <laughs> We had it. We ended up having another reviewer uh, take it on, who was uh, who had the bandwidth, which in a number of ways is good. I mean, it's there's good and bad either way, right? Like it would have yeah. been good to have you do it to because you did see how it was at launch, but it's there's also a value uh, in in just having a fresh perspective on it too. And David Jagnoa, a frequent contributor to IGN, has uh, has chimed in on that and given it an eight in mm-hmm. the year 2020. So it has indeed come a long way. Yeah, uh, David's great, and <clears throat> uh, I spoke with Dan about it. And honestly, the the chief driving force of that whole situation was just that it's hard to dedicate the amount of time you need to really dig into a game like that um, for a re-review. Uh, the other side of the coin was David also never really got into Sea of Thieves, so it, it was nice to get a fresh perspective because so much of that game for me um, during the original review 
sorry, Penny's pawing at my coffee table. Uh, so much of the experience for me during the original review was jumping in there and realizing like, oh, wait, okay, so what else is there to do? So I think there is value in uh, approaching that game for the first time and seeing yeah. the breadth of content that they've added since. Um, having said that, he landed on an eight. I think that's probably where, had I re-reviewed it, probably where I would have landed as well. A lot of new content is out there. You've got a whole PvP dedicated mode. You've got a bunch of these uh, really cool tales that are sort of like a um, sort the of a single, yeah. Those whole tales are like a single player, um, single player story uh, that you can play through. It kind of teaches you the different elements of the game. Um, <laughs> sorry, she's barking. I think she her toys <laughs> under the table. Uh, but yeah, I I didn't re-review Sea of Thieves, but go check out that review. It's very very good. And for those asking, uh, we we are still considering doing the show one of these work from home weeks from inside sea of thieves it gave the yeah. idea of it gave destined an aneurysm but we are uh we're, well, we're talking through it and we might do it sooner rather than later if it's just us playing sea of thieves that's just a let's play it's not unlocked so yeah. i was like well how do we make sure that it's unlocked while we're in the world of sea of thieves and that's just what i challenged everybody to sort of think about like how do I we format like the show differently in that situation Destin was the angel on the shoulder and I was the devil. I was like, no, we're doing it. We can do it. I believe we'll keep everyone in line if they don't, we'll, they'll walk the plank. No, but, you know. Well, I've, uh, I've got some good. alternate plans for the show next week that don't involve Sea of Thieves. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see after that. Uh, so we'll, we will revisit this idea and see what happens, but all right, uh, let's move on to the news for this week. Everybody's got their show planners in front of them. So after the PS5 reveal, you know, I, I talked, we talked a lot on this show. I went on Next Gen Console Watch, our weekly sort of, you know, almost gently politically themed uh, <laughs> Sony versus Microsoft uh, net TV show, TV show, just the internet show about, about everything going on in the world of, of Next Gen Console news. And yeah, I had a software developer reach out to me uh, and really offered what I thought was an interesting perspective from from someone who who does that, uh, who thinks about that stuff for a living, I just wanted to kind of read read you this person's perspective on it, just to kind of put maybe give a little more clarity to to the just how uh, powerful the Series X is, and even relative to the PS5. I mean, I don't want to get into the console war thing. I know that's just inevitable, but but just the fact that Microsoft has delivered a, an extremely piece of uh, capable piece of hardware here and then get your guys' take on it. So this person said to me, quote, the in-house tools, which are Unix-based for Sony versus Microsoft with DirectX 12 will dictate how efficient their use of the hardware is. I think he's, he's referencing Sony here. With that, uh, with that said, Mark Cerny pulled a quick one on the general public, this is this person's opinion, with the way he delivered the Sony PS5 specs. First off, we have no clue what the sustained numbers of the GPU and CPU are. However, judging by the leak that did nail the Series X numbers, they are significantly lower. With that said, one of the things you and most general users skip over is how the CU count is a huge drawback on all modern executions, such as ray tracing, v uh, variable ray shading, VFFR, etc., meaning the CU cores are tied to the ray tracing cores. So with that said, the PS5 has 40% or so fewer CUs. That was one of the things we did talk about where the, the clock rate's higher on the PS5 CUs, but 
they, there are fewer of them overall. Uh, now, to Microsoft's biggest advantage is that their speed numbers are locked and not and are not boost numbers, which with software updates they might be able to push as there's always headroom. So I thought that was just sort of a a well stated way of of uh, taking another look at at the the CPU and GPU of the uh, of the Series X versus the PS5. And and the short version is Microsoft's sitting pretty here. Yeah, Microsoft absolutely blows the PS5 out of the water. The PS5's one tech spec that is better is the solid-state drive, which is significantly faster. Yeah, I uh, throughput. Yeah, however, they're going to run into problems because of the way that they're talking about, you know, uh, pushing their uh, cores further. They they phrase it in a really interesting way, where they're like, "It could do this," but at its base, it's here so it's actually you know when we're looking at those numbers side by side last week the ps5 is like here and the xbox is here but yeah. that's with the ps5 being pushed to its max right and you can't mm. sustain that that amount of output so it's more it's much more of a significant difference with with the one edge to the ps5 being that solid state drive loading speed uh boost but how much is that going to come into play and how much is going to have to be sacrificed to balance it all out on the PS5 end? And I think they're per being pretty cagey about it for that reason. They know the Xbox has them on the uh, on most of the tech side. They have more teraflops, more speed everywhere else except that SSD. Right. Brandon, your take? Yeah, I totally agree <clears throat> with Destin. On, I mean, on paper, the specs heavily lean towards the Xbox Series X. I'm curious to see what can be done. I I did a little bit of dabbling around. I know there's some um some much smarter people than I am saying that the uh the processor from the the uh PS5 is actually capable of quite a bit and not in the uh sort of traditional just clock speed um that it can do some things. So I'm curious to see more think pieces about it. I, I'm not yeah. I'm not super familiar with it. Um Having said that, I think both consoles will perform fairly admirably, but Xbox is in the position that they are currently, which is sort of just the best place to play third-party games. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, I, I think maybe kind of an, the way I distilled this this week when I was thinking it through is that I feel like it's it comes down to Microsoft has been crystal clear thus far, very focused, very transparent about their specs, and at least after that Mark Cerny presentation, the I think you know, it's fair to say Sony hasn't been quite as clear about everything yet. You know, with the the you mentioned it, Brandon, about the, the maybe the max the max thoroughput versus versus what it's the kind of normal day to day operation is going to be with it. Uh, so you've got that. You've got um, I mean, and it's it's weirdly. Tell me if you guys think I'm wrong here. It's almost a, a role reversal of seven years ago in 2013 mm -hmm. when the Sony came out first and was just crystal clear about exactly what the PS4 specs were and how it was going to be super friendly for developers and all the developers they had on board. Whereas it was Microsoft that was pretty cloudy and vague with stuff like, well, there's the there's the ES RAM. It's not GDDR. Uh, the same stuff Sony's using. You've, there's the Connect. There's the well. It's online all the time, but maybe sort of is yeah. it? I don't know. Maybe we won't do that. So it's. I, I feel like we've had a a role reversal, at least in that regard, so far it, here on this this round. 
it's just such even, a clear yeah, sign. Ahead, Sorry, it's just such a clear sign that Microsoft was really paying attention coming out of the Xbox One launch and like really taking notes of what they did wrong. Um, and their leadership now can really make sure that they're positioning self in the best way possible. I mean, we've talked about it time and time again on the show, like how consumer forward they are about this. And recently they have been in the past few years about making sure consumer needs are being met and that they're making sure that this box is tailored to people that they want to put, like to buy these things because they want to make sure that they are an interesting it, like this is an interesting device for them to have or to want to have or want to champion as well. So, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, go ahead, Destin. Uh, there was this great breakdown again by Austin Evans, actually, who sort of analyzed everything after the PS five tech breakdown. And it's up to 10.28 teraflops. They have 36 right. CUs, 2.23 gigahertz uh, boost clock uh, versus the Xbox, which just has better sustained power, as you pointed out, Ryan. And, and that's where it, it really has the edge. So, um, yeah, 3.8 gigahertz without SMT enabled, but it's still 3.6 gigahertz with SMT enabled. Yeah, on with the, the multi-threading, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just really fascinating when you really, really get into the nitty-gritty about how much uh, more the Xbox Series X has to work with. I'm really interested with what the PS5 is doing. Maybe they just focused in on loading times and they were less worried about overall power um, yeah, it's just weird. It is definitely a role reversal, as you said. Yeah, and it, it even extends to the backwards compatibility talk. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw, you know, Microsoft, we've ta- to, to Miranda's point, we've talked about it time and again. Microsoft has been crystal clear for years now about, hey, we're building a compatibility program. And for a year, they've been talking about how everything is going to move forward. Generations are going to all carry forward to the Series X with you, and uh, they re-emphasize that this week, or their last week, I should say, even saying, hey, the old stuff's gonna run even better on Series X, and we're doing cool stuff like adding HDR to Halo where it was never there, stuff like that, whereas- And Fusion Frenzy. Fusion Frenzy! <laughs> <laughs> yes, whereas, whereas Sony came out and said, uh, we, we've got most of the hundred most played games and then yeah, that, yeah. that went over very poorly Just for yeah. PS4 as well. Like nothing yeah. else about PS2, 3 or the original, right? That goes over poorly. And so they have to scramble and follow that up with actually it's going to be like 4,000 games at some point. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's that it's, it's exactly a role reversal. It's Sony back on their heels a little bit. Obviously they're playing from a, heck of a position of strength which is which is actually the next thing i wanted to to point out is well, it's you know go ahead destin one more interesting thing about that hard drive the size is so bizarre it's 825 825 oh, yeah and it's custom do you get all that hell no you don't get all that because there's going to be a ton reserved just for the system memory so right. you're going to be able to install six five six games on on your right. console to utilize yeah. that faster that faster load time before you have to pay for an upgrade which is likely going to be proprietary <laughs> due to the fact that uh well, I, don't, I don't believe any other company is designing uh ssds that do the, this particular format but i don't not know yet, I don't know that. but yeah. they they sony did say so sony does they are doing a, a more open format on the hard drive than microsoft where you with the series x you have to buy that seagate one terabyte card and sony mm-hmm. is opening it up to anybody that meets their spec so yeah there will be more options for sure but we yeah. still don't know the, the cost of either one so what, the speed what if 
Speed difference is real quick, Brand. I'll get through it fast. Uh, no, 5.5 okay. 5. gigabytes raw, 8 to 9 yeah. gigabytes compressed. And it's per 2. second f- you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah 2.4 gigabytes a second raw and 4.8 gigabytes compressed for the Xbox. So the Xbox yeah. is 40% slower on the right. hard drive front. Uh, but yeah, th- there are those limitations on the, on the PS5 front. And it's just fascinating for me to sort of start diving into the tech and, and, uh, begin to understand the differences. Sorry, Brandon. Oh, it's okay. The delay is messing me up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what is the, the input structure for the, uh, or the input format for PS5's external hard drives? Well, they have USB. They'll have USB okay. again, of course, but well, you can't they're, utilize they're, the speed. Yeah, they're the, internal. Uh, the same. Yeah. The same NVMe, I believe, that, okay. that Series X is using. Same mm-hmm. same format. So, so they're opening up to third parties to manufacture additional external hor- uh, storage solutions, but right. they have to meet a specific SKU. It sounds like this is a pretty right. like high end proprietary storage. Yeah, well, hold up. Hold Cerny, up. Cerny was quick to point out that none of the, there are no drives on the market yet that match the standard. Nothing yeah. yet. Yeah. And that Brandon's- was going to be my point. Brandon, really important clarification. You specifically said external solutions. No, this ha- this is a PCIe, which is inside of the unit. So this will be an expansion mm-hmm. slot, just like with the Xbox, where you'll have it'll have to be inside the unit. You can't insert like, it. Yeah, yeah. You can't like plug in a USB device here due to the throttling. Like even the fastest USB is not going to be as fast as a as a drive of that uh, caliber right. PCIe slot. Right. For for PS5, it's the same yes, thing correct. as Xbox. You can use your PS4 games on an external USB drive. So correct. Same as uh, same as Xbox on that one. So that okay. is a good point. So I will say one thing coming out of it that I am mildly interested in with the PS5 is how much they talked about sound design and like improving their sound quality for things. Like that's not something I really thought about when approaching new consoles. It's like, well, does this one sound better? Um, and I'm really curious to see how much that really translates over between the two consoles because they spent right. a fair bit of time on that. And it's like, okay, well, if I don't have a sound system that can really take advantage of that, like, how much does that actually even matter? Well, that and, seemed to be, yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because that that was a big focus. That was probably the last quarter of the entire presentation last yeah. week from Mark Cerny. And yeah, it's uh, it seems like th- their goal is to Re, is to make this incredible sound, even if you're just using TV speakers, is what right. what it seemed to be. I, I thought I found it interesting that Cerny literally said we recommend using headphones. Yeah, with, with the PS5, <laughs> which is I, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just found that found that interesting that I've you know uh, I've never seen a console actually say, hey, you should you should use headphones with this, but which is fine because with I have a most of my game time occurs after the wife and daughter have gone to bed so I'm I am using headphones anyway no big deal for me but yeah I, I'm with you Miranda because I I when I watched that last week I kind of thought well this seems like just a weird thing to linger on for so long in this ps5 reveal is this really that big of a deal but I've been spending since then I've been spending a lot of time I'm in the middle of half-life Alex right now on uh, a Valve Index VR headset that I borrowed from the empty office. And it's got, in fact, let me see if I can get it here real quick. Careful. Uh, oh, I gotta say, I'm very jealous <laughs> yeah. that you got that Hold from on. the office. So if you can see it, so these, let me bring this, this is not gonna look good, I'm sure, but oh, you can okay. see the, the speakers here. So they go, they don't go on your ear, they just go next to your ear. In fact, here, I'll put it on. 
I'll put it on to make it really awkward and <laughs> let's see. Podcasting from the future. <laughs> There's, you know, they're just going, they're just right going next to, uh, next to your ear. And, and anyway, the point of that is to say the audio, it, the audio immersion is unbelievable in Half-Life huh. Alex. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I think, I mean, part of that is amazing sound design by Valve, but Part of that's this $1,000 VR headset, too. I even talked to Valve a little bit about it when I was there last month for the IGN First, and they talked about how, yeah, they found that it's this, it's better if the sound's sort of going around your ears rather than just straight in. So if Sony is doing trying to do some version of that and try to sort of bring audio forward in a, in a, in their, you know, in a, their own proprietary way that that could be really interesting but you know xbox uh, they're, they're not going to be any slouch in the audio department either they never have been yeah. um the whole audio thing it's not really doing anything for me i already <laughs> like i already play with these headphones most of the time anyway which has optical right. audio which is great um <laughs> not uh, for series x there's no optical port. yeah right so i'm gonna have to solve for however you're gonna have I to go usb on those that's gonna suck because the way I have my whole thing set up is I utilize that optical port. I am actually disappointed in that on the, on the Series X. However, all this explanation about how audio works and 3D audio and HDR audio that Cerny went into, that's fine. I haven't seen that translated in an interesting way by anybody that m explains to me how that's going to be impactful in my gaming right. space. <clears throat> when I'm already experiencing like 5.1 audio and then there's uh, sound systems that are even better than that on the market today. Uh, Dolby Atmos, I think, uh, supported by the Xbox yes. One X right yep. now. And, you know, that's... There's just so many audio options already available. It's just interesting that they choose to innovate their out of all places. Well, I think, Destin, you make, you make a good point, too, kind of further highlighting the difference thus far between Xbox and PlayStation. Microsoft has shown, they have not just, they have not just told, show and tell, they have shown, Sony has just told. Yeah. Microsoft released their loading time demo, their, um, their I'm blanking on the... <laughs> Somebody help me. The multitasking thing where you can switch back oh, and yeah. forth. Uh, oh, between. Quick, uh, quick resume or. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Um, quick resume. Yeah. So they have shown that they've shown the loading times. They've shown the ray tracing. They've shown uh, everything that they're that they're doing. Whereas, again, thus far, there, we've still got however many months to go. But Sony has only talked about it, including that audio uh, that, you know, they haven't demonstrated that at all. So it will be very interesting. Again, it's. The, the ball is now, you know, Microsoft is, they are being the aggressor here. And Sony is the one that now has to, they have to show, they have to, they have to uh, show the proof of, of what they're talking about, whereas Microsoft already has. I, I don't even think uh, Xbox is intentionally being the aggressor. It's just sort of <laughs> happenstance that they're just ready to talk about more. They've been sitting on this thing for like four years, basically. Or what did the developers say? They've been working on it for so Why? long. 2016. 2016, yeah. Thank you, Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. So 2016. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Four years, and they're finally talking about it, and they're like, here's here's everything that we got. They're letting people put the thing together, and they're just doing that all publicly. And Sony, Sony needs to do something. 
Um, I mean, that, that's the, that's a sign of a product you're confident in. Yeah. Um, yep. And so, every, so, everything. Yeah, Microsoft is, has shown uh, the other. I didn't even mention Microsoft's shown the box and the controller. Sony's done neither of those as well. Yeah, and Sony games. Sony has had a killer library. There's no, there's no arguing that. Um, but this sort of strategy that they they keep piecemealing out their information makes me really nervous about the PS5. I don't want it to be bad or anything. But when when you're not coming from a place of confidence, I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, what are you doing over there? What's going on? Why are you so like wavering with your your touting of this console? Yeah, I wonder almost and. Uh, just spitballing here, but from a marketing perspective, I'm wondering if it's the same curse that Microsoft went through at the end of the 360 era. You know, I don't want to use the phrase resting on your laurels, but you're comfortable. You're comfortable in your position in the market. You don't necessarily have anything to prove, you know, like in sports, they talk about that hunger, you know, Um, you don't necessarily have that going for you this generation going into the next generation microsoft championship a, hangover yeah microsoft has a very <laughs> clear idea of what they're doing what they need to do and they're coming out of the gate saying like look full transparency this is what we have this is what it's going to do we're super proud of it and confident in it i'm wondering if sony's like okay well how do we improve on being the market leader um and that doesn't necessarily lend itself to a clear mission statement you know what i mean I see what you're talking about. Destin, I actually respectfully disagree with you about Microsoft, uh, about it all being sort of coincidence. I think Microsoft is very intentionally trying to get out there and and be a bit aggressive and uh, and go on offense with this. Well, I mean, that's really smart on their part. You can look at IGN traffic. People are really, really interested in the Xbox Series X and they want to know more about it. And meanwhile, Sony is just making wrong moves right now and they're they're just giving their competitor microsoft more runway to run with and it's going to be great to see them get closer to parity again after the last generation of games um uh do i think either is going to be a disaster no no way i think it's going to be a much closer race this generation especially if xbox doubles down and starts releasing really good games maybe six months a year out and they yeah. start announcing their slate. And that I, is, go ahead, go ahead, Brennan. I, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I cannot, I cannot tell you how much I want to stop hearing about the Xbox has no games narrative. Yeah. And and this generation, I really want Microsoft to come out, which is why I hope the initiative is doing something that isn't perfect dark. But I really want Microsoft to come out and just say, look, these are the games you can play in our ecosystem and only in our ecosystem, regardless of whether it's Xbox or PC. Yeah. Um, and I want, I, I really want Sony to come out and succeed as well. I want them to come out because competition is great for everyone in the industry. I, agree I want that. Sony to come out and be able to do something different that Xbox doesn't do. Not necessarily do something better than xbox does but if whatever sony is doing with this processor or whatever plans they have excel push that you know microsoft already has the ecosystem they have the infrastructure they've got game pass project x cloud xbox live they've got all these awesome systems a really kick-ass piece of hardware and hopefully the exclusive to drive that all in the next generation i'm curious to see what sony uh sort of what what tool they're going to pull out of their toolkit for uh, for the PS5. Yeah. Yeah. And, and go ahead, Destin. In in one respect, the way the Xbox is way further ahead is that ecosystem that you just brought mm-hmm. up. Sony hasn't done much to innovate with, uh, what is it, 
PS Now. PS Now is right. still sort of an odd system. That's, oh, it's an afterthought. No one cares. Yeah. And it's incredibly expensive. I got charged one year. It was like $250 a year, and they charge you all at once. Like, it's not I a it was 10 a month. Well, I don't know what happened. Maybe that was, like, earlier. They changed their prices. They changed sure. their prices, so it's lower. And I had to, like, argue with them about this. This is just from personal experience, so I'll never sign up for it again. And I, I have to wonder how yeah. many people got burned by that service. Meanwhile, Xbox is doubling down on play wherever you want, do whatever you want, get games for cheap, a dollar a month for Game Pass or nine ninety nine a month after that. That's what I pay right now. And they've just been refining They've been refining the the ecosystem. They've been work developing their first party lineup. They've been working on the hardware, and they're coming to play. Period. And and to support your point and Brandon's especially as well, uh, I wanted to bring up the results of an IGN.com poll. This is not an unlocked poll. This is not a beyond. This is this is the IGN.com audience. How important are the games for, you know, it's, it's so, it's very important that Microsoft get everything else right, as you guys have just been detailing about how well Microsoft's been doing with everything up to the games. And now, how vital are the games? Listen to this. So, despite all the clarity of the Series X and the impressive showing that Microsoft has made so far, brand loyalty, you know, when you're, when you've, when you've had as a successful a generation as Sony has, that is that is not an easy thing to overcome. So we had a Microsoft audience, Microsoft IGN audience poll about what after last week's two reveals. What do you what are you thinking? Which are you buying one? Are you buying the other? Are you buying both? Are you sticking with the Switch? We had fifty eight thousand responses to that poll, wow. which was up for like a, a day or something on the homepage. Nice. Ryan, and you should turn those, this into Xbox Unlock Trivia. What's the what's the <laughs> breakdown? <laughs> 25,000 of those respondents say they're going with PS5 compared to just 15,000 going oh, wow. with Series X. And then the rest of the responses are divvied up between both or sticking with Switch or waiting for a price drop, et cetera, et cetera. But just that that head to head. So, again, you it that that to me, it doesn't say. Uh, well, I don't, it, to me, it says. The games, Sony's done such an amazing job on that first-party games front that that is Microsoft's next, and really, I would argue at this point, final but perhaps greatest challenge of all mm -hmm. is getting the first parties to 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 match the the quality and the output of what Sony's been doing so well with their worldwide studios for so many years now. Yeah, that's why I think moving into holiday... I mean, E3 seemed like the likely candidate, but I don't know anymore. They need to come out and they need to say, this is Halo Infinite. This is Hellblade 2. This is this other game that we are uh, revealing for the first time. And they need to be high quality because they that's the missing piece of the puzzle, right? Like that's that's the only people are sticking with their ecosystem, A, because they've got a lot of money wrapped up in it, but B because they played God of war and they played last of us and they played Spider-Man and yep. they want to play God of war two and Spider-Man two and the, the last of us as well. Last um, of us will be on PS4 by the way. Yes, it will. PS5, but, but you know what I mean? Like they want to continue those yeah. really high quality 
you know, cinematic games yeah. that Sony is I known for. You could argue it's like a lot of those are kind of system sellers for the PS5. Yeah. It's like those are very different kinds of games that sell super well because they're really great games. And I think Xbox has a lot of them too, but not in the same way. Like we have these really storied franchises that have been going on for so long, which I would kind of consider their system sellers, but because they are longtime franchises, it's harder to just jump in if you're a brand new player, right? Like, how could I say, oh, yeah, just jump in on Halo Infinite, even though you've never played another Halo, and, like, just figure out what the story is. Like, maybe you could, but that's not the same impact as just jumping into something that's only one or two games in and only having to go back and play one game. So, like, Microsoft really needs to figure out those games that can appeal to people who have not been super into the Xbox ecosystem before, and that's really a hard thing to do. I have Miranda, let me me ask you this, Miranda, That's because I think that's an interesting point. Do you think in the in the Series X generation we're going to start to see one or two or, or some of the some of the longer running Xbox franchise franchises get rebooted? I mean, maybe Infinite kind of is, but yeah. do you like? Uh, I, I guess Forza wouldn't really qualify. We already uh, we're, we've already talked at length about how Fables yeah, is probably going to be a reboot rather than a Fable Four, and I think you just you just made the case for it, Miranda. Yeah, but I I wonder if Gears of War might reboot after uh, after six after they wrap up this this next storyline. I I don't know if I could see that happening with those older really big ones. Like I think there's like a soft reset in a way. So like even Gears Four is kind of that right. It's like a passing True. the torch to a new generation. Like you can jump in at that point. But it was still called Four though. Exactly. Like that's the hard part. It's like how do you just like welcome in new players without like intimidating with a big number that you have attached to your game. Um, and I think that's also where, like, with God of War on, on Sony's side, like, it was such an enticing thing for people because it was just called God of War. Yes, the history of that series matters, but it's not, like, the forefront of what that game is. So, so like, people like me who didn't play those old God of War games could just go in and have an in- incredible time with it. Uh, maybe totally. Halo, yeah, maybe Halo Infinite will be something kind of like that. Um, I that's guess. Really smart. Yeah, yeah, just, like, have a way to, like, reinvigorate your franchise. And I think you putting out Fable. I was like, the potential for that is probably the best option for that. Or yeah. That's what I would like to see anyway. I think it's also the best example. <clears throat> like yeah. you were saying, uh, going from God of War, Sony Santa Monica's God of War would have been, what, five? Uh, well, officially four, because there was Ascension, which was then, kind of a... It was like their Gears of fine. War judgment. Yeah. yeah, there was like Ghosts of Sparta. I, anyway, uh, Miranda's 100% right. Jumping into God of War uh, without a number on it was just sort of an equalizer right it, it leveled the playing field for people who didn't want to go back and replay I was one of those people a series of franchise across three different consoles i think yeah. um and i think Miranda's is also right about halo infinite that's the best thing that they could do right halo infinite will get more people in the door than halo 6 i think um which really surprises me that gears didn't go that route as well because Gears did do a brand change. They dropped the Of War right. and just went with Gears 5. And I'm curious why they dropped the Of War and kept the number. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think sp- circling back to the Fable thing, I think just releasing Fable, right? Yeah. The reboot of it as Fable is probably the best thing you can do. And you're right, Forza doesn't really need uh, a reboot of any kind because it's it's so one-off as it is. But But they really do need those like, big tentpole games to pull people in like system sellers i don't know i don't know what a system seller is for microsoft i think halo and gears might be it and forza yeah, yeah i mean fable could get back to that particularly in playgrounds hands 
Um, and I think, yeah, you make a, you make the, I think the other thing that Fable has going for it as well is unlike Halo, unlike Gears, Fable's been gone for a while. Yes. So there's been that kind of a little, you know, it, it's easier to just press the reset button, reboot it. So you'll, you know, you're going to get all the crusty old veterans fans of it, like, like us that are eager to see it come back, but you're also going to bring in new people who've never, who don't even know about the original three fable games, three plus fable games. And I think last generation was Sony's, it was really their, their time to create new IPs, to create new IPs that got people in the door. God of war kind of being the exception. But if you look at like the heavy hitters that people really reference as Sony exclusives, you're talking, you know, uh, Horizon. Yes. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is coming up, but you know, there. I had them all in my head. Now I can't think of any. Of them. <laughs> well, Spider-Man counts. You know the. the- uh, yeah, Spider-Man counts. Um, and then what's the other one with Sam Witwer? Um, zombies, motorcycles. Oh, oh, days gone. Days gone. I don't think days gone. 1887, Bloodborne. Really? <laughs> 1887. <laughs> Hey, I reviewed it. I gave it. Hey, I did. Okay. Yeah, I about to say eighteen eighty six. But also, I did the guide, and it was. (laughs) Anyway, I did the guide. It was like. (laughs) Yeah. I had to Uh, play that game. That's what I'm saying. I did not want to. (laughs) That game is okay, Uh, but it it also sort of just illustrates the point that Sony was taking chances on really high quality new IP, which is what gets people excited about an ecosystem to stay in it. And that was their, I feel like last generation was Sony's turn in this generation. I'm really hoping Microsoft takes a page out of that playbook and just starts introducing new high quality games. So to that point, if like you're digging into 1880, what was six? Did we decide on six, seven? Six. Six. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Uh, I mean, if you're digging that far, it's, it's not like Microsoft hasn't had those kinds of games. Like look at Sea of Thieves. It's so charming and delightful. Like there are those games that exist from this past generation that are just as good as those, if not better, because you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what but, I'm what, yeah, what I'm more good. Sorry, to your point, it is the time for them to make those bigger games that they mm-hmm. really want to showcase and, and put forward. And I think because of all the studio acquisitions we've had, all the support they have around the developers and trying to find new things, we will get that this generation. Yeah, and that's really the point I'm trying to emphasize is mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves is an awesome game, um, but it's not a water cooler game. You know, it's not that game. It's not. Well, it's not the. It's, I I I no, think it's, it's totally awesome, and you can hang out and talk about all the crazy right. things that happen with your friends. But it is not a cultural event in the it's way not that a single player story driven thing. It's yeah. not the that's that's it's not a Marvel Avengers movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, that's the re- that's the reality. Uh, Hellblade Two. Looks like it might be that. It looks like it might be. And that's not to besmirch Microsoft's portfolio at all. Like, Sea of Thieves is great, right? But now it actually is great. It got me. <laughs> um, says IGN.com. Says IGN.com. From good to great. Sea of Thieves is awesome. And I think actually Sea of Thieves is pretty vital uh, as a place for people to gather and play online. I think Microsoft's really smart about diversifying and putting the quality into a breadth of different games. But the, the tent poles are missing. You know, well, yeah, I, I do. I think it is fair to say Microsoft has lacked in the narrative, single player driven story based games. I think yeah. that that's fair. But uh, in any case, yeah, future is looking good. Well, but the but but software, the, the games are uh, where the loyalties really lie. And Sony's still based on the poll results from IGN, still got that going in spades. So let's. I- very eager to see what Microsoft rolls out for 
the, not E3, whatever we get, whatever we get in the coming couple of months uh, with regard to game announcements and, and new things. Destin? Yeah, just on that poll, I have to wonder how big that gap would have been had we asked two years ago. I think it mm-hmm. might have been much larger. I think yeah. if this is our starting point, yes, the gap is quite large. And I think Xbox is going to be okay with that because they're going to continue to build that good faith with their game lineup as the years go by into the console yeah. generation. Good stuff, guys. We've got, uh, well, I have to cut some stories, but that was a great discussion. I want to go next to Silent Hill. Uh, do I have any horror game fans on the panel? Because I am not one. Nope. <laughs> Destin, that's right. Destin does all of our "How Scary Is" games, yeah, a, seri- a video series. <laughs> Don't play the people. Yeah, films people being freaked out by scary games. Uh, Half Life, Alex, you should have had a camera on me while I was playing a particular section of that last last night. That game, that game will will get you at times. Can, can you um, mail me that headset and I'll you know, <laughs> try it out? <laughs> yes, uh, that is uh, that. Actually, I can do that. So uh, once I finish the game. <laughs> Konami has denied the recent rumors of a Silent Hill reboot. Talking to website Rely on Horror, a Konami USPR spokesperson said, quote, We're aware of all the rumors and reports, but can confirm that they are not true. I know it's not the answer your fans may want to hear. It's not to say we are completely closing the door on the franchise, just not in the way it's being reported. So um, this doesn't, to me, sound like one of those usual denials of we don't they comment just on rumors well, and speculations <laughs> exactly well for a little bit of context rely on horror was the website that did this big leak saying they had multiple sources confirming that silent hill was coming back so konami must have reached out to them and said hey that's not true and that's why the statement <laughs> is a little bit more fleshed out because rely on horror was the one that you know, had everybody talking about it a week ago. Yeah. Uh, our news team actually passed on this story because we weren't able to uh, verify any sources yeah. or or get our own confirmation. So we, we had to pass on it on IGN. But uh, we do talk about that with our news team on News Games and More uh, every day at 4 p.m. I mean, I do wonder if uh, the, the last bit of that where the PR person says, just not the way it's being reported. Ah. Uh, you know what? You know what that makes me think of? Remaster reboot. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. As, I mean, as, think about as it. As soon as you read that line, I was like, "Oh, so we're going to get the all-in-one edition?" Yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. that is all the rage. Konami is uh, not a publisher known for a lot of original <laughs> new video games lately. They've been pumping out. They've been re-releasing what the Castlevanias just Dude, came. I'm what? telling you, they're they're the Capcom of five years ago. The, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same. With hopefully the same. Oh next my god! Chapter. I can't wait for whatever Konami Konami's version of Monster Hunter World is. That's right. going to be awesome. <laughs> but there um, you go. So that's. Uh... But didn't they already do that? I remember I bought it <laughs> for the 360. I bought a two-in-one Silent Hill pack. It was like Silent Hill one and two. Yeah, they've done it a few times. Um, the the rumor was that Kojima's developing a new silent hill and yeah all, all this stuff so kojima and like sony were partnering to publish silent yeah hill. We'll, we'll see what actually comes to fruition are they just letting the silent hill franchise die hell no they're definitely no. doing something so this whole story is sort of weird it's close enough to like <laughs> believable that everybody of course ran with it and i'm sure rely on horror actually has some sources who are telling them something's going on and with ryan's note it's got to be exactly what you guys are thinking 
remasters. Yeah, something yeah, I, in that vein. I noticed on Twitter the other day there was a excuse you. I noticed on Twitter the other day there was a, um, a hashtag going around about Sony buying <laughs> Silent Hill, Castlevania, and something else. Just like all these major properties that have been floating around in limbo for a while. I get it. That would be super awesome to like put the devs and the resources behind those games, but seems like a pretty tall order. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then just a quick final note this week before we move on to the loot box and trivia that we didn't get to last week. Cyberpunk 2077, one of the most hotly anticipated games of the year, regardless of next gen or not, mm-hmm. is on track, according to the developer CD Projekt Red. Uh, they added, so they are working from home for, quote, as long as it is needed. But they added that they are rising to the challenge and showing no signs of stopping in our effort to bring you some kick-ass role-playing action in September. And when IGN did reach out for clarification, they explained that the developers are, quote, on track for September 17th, 2020. So, yeah, I'll tell you, uh, we could all use a, a real good 40-plus hour role-playing game right about now, couldn't we? Uh, it breaks my heart every time thinking about the delay. <laughs> that game would have been out in uh, less than thirty days had the original release date stuck. But you know, you gotta, you gotta okay. get, allow them to do their thing and and make the best game possible. Yeah, yeah. gotta do what they gotta do. Yeah, I personally, I've been playing a lot of. Uh, whoa, Brandon, hot mic, hot mic. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're getting dog breath on the mic there. Yeah. Oh, is she, is she breathing on the mic? <laughs> there she goes. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of uh, Destiny just to distract myself and uh, Division 2, both very grindy, levelly games. <laughs> well, hey, Destin, let, let me ask yeah. you real quick. So you're, I'm, I'm wondering if the Division, the player numbers are way up or way down because of the subject matter of the game. Let me, I can tell you the Steam numbers for Destiny 2. I mean, but but you are clearly like you're not turned off by it. You you are by you know the, the sort of real world events marrying a little closely to the game events. But you're you're jumping in there and having a good time. Uh, Division two, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm in the gear min maxing statistical and everything. Yeah. But yeah, some some of those <laughs> missions, I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> yeah. That's I don't want to. I'm just gonna get my gear and I'm not gonna think about that. But uh, Destiny 2 is significantly up. As you know, as you probably know, they brought back Trials of Osiris. A lot of people are unhappy with the season, but the numbers disagree. Their peak for today was 109,000 concurrence. Wow. Uh, the top games right now on Steam are Counter-Strike, Dota 2, Football Manager 2020, Rainbow Six Siege, yeah. Grand Theft Auto V, Destiny 2, PUBG, Rocket League, Rust, Path of Exile. Those are the top games today on Steam. So Man. that's what people are playing during during all this craziness. GTA Five, unbelievable, dude! It's the mods. It's the mods. It's a fantastic game. There's like it this is. whole RPG thing going on with uh, GTA. GTA is really cool. It has. A nice I've been thinking about jumping back into GTA actually, but I, I got to get through Half Life and then I'm going back to and the Wisps after. But nice. Depending yeah. on how long this goes, uh, I'm, I might have to go back to Grand Theft Auto Five because I haven't looked at that game in a long time. And you know what? causing mayhem in a virtual city when I'm just frustratingly stuck in my house. Yeah. Kind of sounds good right about now. Uh, small thing. I was on my Xbox yesterday and I was organizing all my games and everything. Have you guys checked out the new dashboard? It's really slick. Oh yeah. I, I like yeah. it a lot. 
Yeah. Mostly, oh, thanks. I, the, the one part of it, I, I don't think I like the way they've reorganized your game library, where mm -hmm. uh, it's it's no longer divided into installed and not installed. It's just yeah. the way they've parsed it is a little strange, and the maybe I just up, need to get used to it. But. The six up where you have to pick what you're going for. Yeah, um, I get that. Uh, I like the, the home. Page, yeah, the, so. the home screen. The home screen's great. And it seems like there's less stuttering and uh, hitching that I've encountered in the past. I, I was just very happy, and uh, Ori was on there, so I was downloading the new Ori on my off my Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, worth mentioning one more time. We mention we say this every now and again. If you, remember, you've probably blocked it out, including the audience, not just us. Remember how bad the dashboard was at launch in 2013. It was horrible. Everything was an app, including achievements. Yeah, it was it was slow. It was uh, it was a disaster. It was terrible. And look at it now. It's like it's it's great. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> the P the PS4, for better or for worse, you know they they kept it simple and it was fine. But it's basically unchanged in seven years. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting comparison between the two. All right, let's do the loot box because we didn't get to that last week. We've got a question from Michael Tart. His gamer tag is Nuclear Dog, but you got to spell dog D A W G, don't you, Michael? What games panel would you recommend to people as we socially distance ourselves so we can still remain socially connected? Brandon, going your way first. Sea of Thieves isn't bad. Yeah. It's a good um, way to go. <laughs> yeah, I generally, in my video game playing, I like to have like a long game you know something to sink my teeth into for that escapism something to build toward uh, right now that game for me is state of k2 i'm going back to it i'm about actually about five hours away from finishing it on nightmare which is the nice. hardest difficulty and it's been a pain in the ass but i'm getting close and i'm almost there um, but i i mentioned that in the context of this question because you can play with cooperative players and jump into each other's worlds right um and it's cool. It's 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 a slow game, so there's a lot of opportunity to kind of chat and talk while you're while you're doing stuff. Which similar to Sea of Thieves. Uh, go ahead. Which, which character did you pick to start with? Which character? Yeah, you get to pick a few different. I, I went with well, a couple get, at the start. Of they start get randomly generated, oh. right? Oh, uh, randomly generated. I so when I did it on, um, it's normal dread and nightmare. When I did it on dread, I chose the brother sister. But when I booted up nightmare i think it's just sort of a procedurally generated world um and just randomly assigns you three survivors and you can actually go through and cycle them and, and pick which ones you like but let's be honest it's nightmare mode they're all gonna die anyway <laughs> <laughs> i've only got one of my originals left and she is a fighter wow uh, but outside of that uh i've also kind of dipped back into smite lately um so it's generally I have a long game and then I have a short game for like instant short round gratification. So Sea of Thieves, State of Decay 2, I'm having a lot of fun with. Uh, Smite or Dota or another MOBA, something like that where you and your friends can actually get kind of strategic and, and hang out all night. Brandon, uh, you, you said, I think last week you mentioned you're playing State of Decay 2 on PC, right? But even, even that, even still, uh, it's... How far has it come from a sort of technical perspective since the kind of pretty rough launch? Oh, my God. So far. So far. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember if you remember when we were doing our IGN first, we'd be driving in a car and then yeah. all of a sudden a zombie would materialize in front of you <laughs> and your car would explode. That happened. Uh, those those moments are no longer in the game, thankfully. Um, really, 
draw distance is amazing. That was one of my big concerns. Uh, also, textures popping in and out. That doesn't seem to be a, uh, a big issue anymore. A couple of technical hangups, but by and large, it's a pretty seamless experience. I, I really do think with the Juggernaut update that just happened, yeah. it's in the best state it's ever been in, and it is a totally um, complete experience. I guess you could say it's in a state of replay. Yeah, I, I could say that. I'm not going uh -huh. to. <laughs> uh, Miranda or Destin, you guys got a got a got a a, a game to stay socially connected with with friends. Yes, play Gears of War. Obviously, if you haven't played it, that's that's the big point here. It's like if you guys some haven't played it, or if you have friends who haven't played it, now is a great time to grab them and go through the campaign. Maybe try to complete it on insane if you haven't yet. Um, obviously, Bleeding Edge just came out, so that's a thing to try for sure. Yeah, looking forward. Uh, to I think if you need something more chill, just keep pushing everyone towards state of decay. Like I think right now it's like, you kind of just want to virtually hang out, but still have something to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's pretty just what you're saying. State of decay is fantastic for that. See if these is great for that. Um, kind of experiences where you're not going to be yeah. penalized if you're having a conversation and something happens immediately, you know? Yeah. You could even play some horde if you want like a challenge, mm -hmm. but just to hang, I think that would be like, a fun one to do as well. So it really just depends on what you're looking for. Uh, to Brandon's point about Dota, it's a real hard game, and it's so you know it's a great time to learn if you really want to, but it's it's a tough one. Um, Destin, what do you say? Uh, I think GTA Five is one of the <laughs> best examples that you could come up with because they have. You're like, the reason it's in the top ten every month. <laughs> well, well, like even if you just have the base game, or if you're just playing on Xbox, you can do like heists, and heists are a blast if you've never done. Oh, they're so before. good. Uh, yeah, and that's in the online mode. There's this whole online campaign that you can experience, and they have the whole casino thing where they have a bunch of casino missions that, that you can do for in-game money. And, uh, you know, that one's really good. Uh, if you want something a little slower paced, like Red Dead online is also fun. Uh, yes. You know, I could have said Destiny and Division, like I mentioned earlier, but I, I think that is actually a pretty specific audience. You need to really be into those sort of RPGs where you're really grinding and incrementally, you know, powering up your character. For me, yeah. honestly, I love those series because it just gives you something to strive towards in the game. That's sort of what all games are about. It's like you, you get a sword, you want the better sword that's on fire. Right. And, and those games <laughs> constantly have incremental upgrades that you can, you can get in min max and strategize and figure out how to like be the coolest character that you can be in each of those worlds. That's what we should all strive Good for. stuff, yeah. While I, playing with friends. <laughs> I, I, I do think you hit the nail on the head, though, with those uh, sort of incremental min-maxing grinding games like Diablo or Division or Destiny. Yeah. It's things you can kind of just turn your brain off and do busy work while you hang out and talk. Mm -hmm. uh, Vermintide actually is really good for that as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've covered, you guys have covered everything I was going to say, but I, Sea of Thieves is the, was the first one that came to mind and one that, it's why Miranda and I were initially talking about, oh, we should, now that we're all working from home, we should just do the show and see if thieves. So yeah, I, I want an excuse. This is a good excuse to to pop back into that game. And I think, I think we will figure out a way to do that. But yeah, I, I see if thieves is the most chill, but also just transportive game. You know, you're, you're mm. in this, the, the art direction of that world is so beautiful. Yeah. You're out. It, it allows you to be outside in a sense in a really cool, pretty fun way uh, that we that we all really can't be now. So yeah. see if these. 
you're missing the outdoors. You just have like <laughs> Blue Planet on 4K. <laughs> just going yeah, on. exactly. I've got to uh, say uh, that's been a big part of my routine is just watering flowers in Animal Crossing just yeah. to get that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. All right. Let's do the Unlock Block trivia question before we get out of here. It comes to us from Steve in Plainville, Massachusetts. His gamer tag is Big Dad E Warbucks. I like that big, one. Big Daddy Warbucks. Yes. Steve asking, 2006 saw the release of an Xbox 360 peripheral known as the Vision Camera. It was a little oh, webcam about that yeah. big, little white the, webcam. The precursor to the Kinect. Yes. Uh, became a Quickly became, in, in his estimation, a fun piece of hardware for many Xbox gamers. It will forever go down in history as the quintessential must-have accessory for Uno. Of course, sometimes <laughs> for the wrong reasons in Uno, but that's a story for another show, I guess. If you're not, if you're not familiar with uh, I'm not, what we're talking about. Is I think there a Wikipedia page? <laughs> I think you can figure out yeah. what people might do if they could use the camera as their little in-game avatar in, in the family-friendly card game Uno. We saw that with the PlayStation Eye or whatever it was in the chat hangouts. You remember what kind of chaos and nonsense shenanigans went on in there? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Steve asks, which of the following Xbox 360 games did not support the vision camera? So three of these did, one of them didn't. You've got Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas 2, Burnout Paradise, Hasbro Family Game Night 3, and Texas Hold'em. So again, support supporting the camera just means using it in any way. It doesn't have to mean for video. Just did it put did it put that vision camera to use? Which of them didn't? So uh, I am gonna go. I'm gonna go Destin's way first because he is the top left in my Hollywood Squares arrangement on my display. Got it. I'm gonna go B. Going with Burnout. Okay, mm-hmm. Burnout Paradise. Uh, let's go to Miranda next. Dang it! I have. <laughs> No idea what this is. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I was thinking burnout too. I'm gonna go with A, I guess. Rainbow no. Six. Wait, no, right. no, no, no. I lied. I lied. No. I lied. I'm gonna go with C. Hasbro Family Game Night. Okay. Actually wrong, but I'll go ahead that leads us to Brandon Tyrell. Sorry, <clears throat> C was Hasbro and D was Texas. Hold yes. on. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I remember Rainbow had something. I think you could put your face on your operator. I know Burnout had a camera mode as well. It's down to C and D for me, and I don't. Because I, I remember. I think one Texas, of them for sure. I think. Nice. Yeah. Well. Okay. So just based off the fact that Uno had something, I'm going to say Texas Hold'em probably did too. So I'm going to go C Hasbro. Okay. Family so game. We've now. got. We've got Destin. With going with Burnout, and we've got Brandon and Miranda going with Hasbro Family Game Night. And yes, Brandon and Miranda, correct. So it was, Texas Hold'em did have something? Texas Hold'em did. I yeah, remember- Hasbro Family Game Night, that was EA put that compilation together, if memory serves. Did no, no vision camera support in that one. So Miranda, <laughs> up to four points, takes the lead, but tied with Brandon. Still 4-4, Destin, one point. Got to get off the schneid, Destin. I figured it was B or C that time. I just went with B. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered burnout for sure. That was the yeah. only one I was like 100% on. It was where when you when you totaled a car or wrecked a car, right? It would show your face? Yes. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Good memory. 
I it's like the that. weird the weird stuff sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To the unlocked audience, I welcome and encourage your both your loot box questions and your unlocked block trivia questions. Maybe I'll read yours on the air one of these weeks. So please send them in. They both go to the same email address, which is unlocked at IGN.com. And in the case of the unlock block trivia, please send the question, include the four multiple choice answers, and then please note the correct answer in your email. And we will play again each and every week. That is always the plan. But for now, we'll hit the road. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. My final, by the time anybody sees or hears this, my final Doom Eternal review should be up. I did the campaign review last week. I did the multiplayer review on Friday, well, over the weekend, that's up. And then the final, final score uh, with the final review should be up by the time you hear this. So there's that. Uh, Dan Stapleton, who I hate forever because he pulled dibs on the Half-Life Alex review, uh, that's that's up, uh, which he gave a 10 out of 10 to, by the way, something that stodgy Dan Stapleton has never done at IGN. So, you know, that's that's some high praise there. If I you know the, a lot of the comments I see about Half-Life, I know we're on an Xbox podcast, but this is a this game's so good uh, that you're you're bummed that you can't play it because you don't have a proper PC or VR setup. We've got the whole game up uh we just played the whole game. We've we've uploaded a playthrough of the whole thing. Uh, there's a playlist for that on the IGN YouTube channel if you want to just go watch Half-Life Alex. And with that, I will throw to Miranda. Hello. You can find me at Havocgross, and that's Havoc with a K, on Instagram, Twitter, and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, right now, my team is very, very hard at work providing so much game help for everybody. We've got a great The Doom Eternal guide. We have a Half-Life Alex guide. We have an insane Animal Crossing guide. Uh, pretty much just a lot of guides work right now. I also have some previews going up that might excite you guys later this week, so stay tuned for that. And if you have any game help questions, please send them my way. And if you think if there's like a game we don't have game help for that you want, let me know. You can maybe make Excellent. it happen just Thank for you. you, just for that one person. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Tyrell. It's <laughs> a big ask. Um, <clears throat> Hey, hi. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell. Just my name. I'm actually on Twitter these days because I'm going crazy. Uh, locked in the house. So uh, I actually tweeted out yesterday that I, I put up a recommendation um, a series we have called Binge It, where we recommend once per day uh, something that you can watch or play or read, um, but something you can binge from home while we're all stuck indoors during these trying times. So uh, my piece was on Castlevania. Netflix, it's very good. I think so everyone good. should. I think everyone should check it out. It is way better than it has any right to be. Um, so definitely go watch that. And if you're curious about my thoughts, you can find those on uh, IGN. Outstanding, Destin. Take us home, my friend. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary, and I still stream regularly to YouTube.com/slash the Destin channel, Twitch.tv/slash Destin, and Mixer.com/slash Destin. I posted a pretty solid goof today on Twitter that I think some people appreciated. It was a joke. I hope people have a little bit of a sense of humor. <laughs> well, now I need to go find out what it is because it sounds like uh, you got you riled some. You, you poked some bears. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. I think most people <laughs> understand what I was doing. Uh, also, I post uh, breakfast photos because I'm also going crazy. <laughs> I've been noticing that. Like, wh who are you? <laughs> apparently, okay, I, I, saw apparently, your, I saw your tweet. Got apparently, it. I can cook. <laughs> oh, you're making those breakfasts? I thought that was your wife. 
No, that's me. Awesome. <laughs> My wife goes to work like early to work. I'm picturing you as just Flynn from the kid from Baking Bad. Just every morning, <laughs> it's a picture of your breakfast. Yeah. Well, uh, my my hope is to I'm hoping to try and figure out something with my lighting because I know I've got like a, a Harvey Two Face thing going on here with the, <laughs> but again, we're doing what we can. Uh, yeah. In any case, just want to say hope everybody's staying healthy, staying safe. Thank you for tuning in to Unlocked, whether you're listening or watching. Uh, we appreciate you you hanging with us uh, during these unusual t times and uh we'll, our plan is to be here for you for each and every week on schedule for the duration so thanks for sticking with us for destin miranda and brandon and producer john borba i'm ryan mccaffrey this was unlocked 436 and we'll see you all again next week Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.